reading. What have y'all been reading lately? I have been slogging my slow way through The Adolescent, uh, Dostoevsky's underrated fourth big novel. Um, and I, it is, yeah. it is probably the weakest of the five big ones. Like, last time I read it was freshman year of our undergrad together, and... I remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it actually kind of sticks in my mind, because that was the one that I was reading when Jonathan Franzen was visiting, and he asked me about it. Like, we got oh, a good cool. conversation. Because, uh, of course, of course, Jonathan Franzen is a Dostoevsky fan. Um, <laughs> like, it's not subtle at all. Um... But yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know if it's where I'm at, like, headspace-wise, or the fact that for some reason, every time I read a book for the second time, it just doesn't go well. Um, like, mm. I, I will enjoy it more the first and third time than I will the second. I don't know why. Um, but whatever it is, I'm just dragging. Um, it's tough to, tough to pay attention, probably because I'm just doing so much reading for everything else. Um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the adolescent also translated the raw youth. That's, I like that translation a lot, actually. Yeah, I think that's the more evocative translation, which is a little strange that Peter Volotonsky went for the less evocative choice. They usually are all about those, you know, like the the more functional translation rather than the the formal one. Um, yeah, and you know, this would seem like a pretty good pretty good opportunity for them, but they went away with it. Maybe they're, they were just aiming for the novel title. Um, mm. you know, they have, they did that with demons as well, but they were, they like, they justified that one. They, like, in the introduction, they spent quite a little bit of time saying that the Garnett translation of the possessed is totally wrong because it's the possessors that, that's the title. Yeah, um, yeah. No, there's, there's a, there's a lovely, uh, Actually, Alex just sent me this article. I'll forward it to you. He's like interested in Dostoevsky right now, kind of randomly, and he's reading Demons okay. or the Possessed yeah. or the Possessors, right? Uh, and so he wants me to talk to him about it sometime soon because I've read, I read most of it not too long ago, and I didn't quite finish it. I got sidetracked, but I'll finish it up here and talk to him about it soon. So, uh, if you want to join in on that, I think that would yeah, be fun. I it's it is probably my secret favorite Dostoevsky novel, and I'm always up to talk about it. So, yeah, if you want me to get in on that, I, I'd be happy to share, because that, that's a rich, like, it's a rich novel. There's a lot of context that you kind of need to be aware of in order to get what's going on, and it's really especially good for our time, I think. Like, yeah, I've always thought that Dostoevsky speaks well to the 21st century, just because, you know, we have so many angry educated young men um, <laughs> which was kind of his problem at that time as well um and sort of his compassion for them without letting them off the hook and sort of uh, navigating the the complicated world of like you know what is sort of masculine power posturing at the same time as its intellectual you know idea mongering like it's just yeah. a really interesting sort of dynamic and very very much what we're dealing with now as well i think huh yeah all right well i'll i'll, I'll get in touch with you about that um steve what about you what's on your reading agenda these days uh nada 
Nothing. No, no, no. Zilch. I was I was reading up a bit about the lore of uh, the Nier series, but okay. I don't think that that counts. I mean, it depends. What are you reading? Like, are you digging into, like, interviews with Yoko Taro and stuff like that? Or what, what kind of stuff are you reading? Um, it was more related to a rabbit hole um, that I started to go down. Um, once I started looking up the who you know the hologram that we saw on like the hangar, ah, yes, yes. Um, so it was more expanding on that, and then like I don't know if Ben was there, but apparently like everything related to Near is like canon. So there's like these like random books that are canon. There was like a concert or something or a play that's canon. Uh, <laughs> This like new mobile, uh, what's it called? A got got you game or something? Uh, that's canon. So there's like a lot of stuff outside of uh, near Automata that like adds to the story. It's not obviously it's not necessary to understand the story, but it's like oh okay that makes more sense now, or it just kind of answers some of the lingering questions that I had um, okay. after my playthrough. So um, yeah, that's that's basically the extent of my reading. That's you know not work related. Yeah, no, I mean I, I understand if Dostoevsky cannot compare uh, with the, the various um, like helpful works that go along with Nier Automata. Uh, <laughs> come on, man! You got to you got to dig into the Brothers K sooner or later, right? You won't yeah, give I will. Up. No. Yeah. Well, I haven't given. I haven't start. Well, I guess I did start. You Since did I did start, read, like the first half of the page. Damn, I was going to say I can't really give up if I never started. Uh, <laughs> but I guess you're right. I guess yeah. I have to see it through. I did download it on Audible, and I keep on meaning to like listen to it and like on my like commute. But uh, yeah, it just yeah. hasn't happened yet. That would be a good way to do it. Um, the the question I was going to ask you. When you when you meet all the brothers, you have to tell me the answer, but you don't have to answer yet. You have to tell me which brother you are, which one you're the most similar to. Or, yeah, yeah, that's I think that's the way I'll ask the question. Okay. Since again, brothers, you know, brothers is like such an important near automata word. Uh, coming back to that. Um. Anyway, Ben, what about you? Good which luck. which of the brothers are you? I would like to be Alyosha, but I think it's very obvious to everyone that I am Ivan. <laughs> yeah. How come? Oh, I feel like, you know, I am very prone to overanalyzing and sort of intellectualizing things, even when it's not necessary. Um, and while, you know, Alyosha is good-hearted in a way that Ivan kind of isn't, um, and that's sort of where I am at least aspiring to be like Alyosha. There, there's also a sort of simplicity to Alyosha's world that I just don't have. Like, I, you know, I, I every interaction, every every moral decision I'm faced with, I'm sort of naturally inclined to like endlessly complicate and analyze <laughs> in true, you know, Ivan fashion. Well, as and I think he's the most um, literary of the, of the brothers too, right? He's the one who writes his long poem, and that's I mean, you're the writer as well. Yep, 
very inclined to that sort of thing as well. I admittedly have not written any poems in the, the Grand Inquisitor vein, but I, I definitely, when I was Ivan's age, had my poem about Jesus sure. <laughs> in roughly the, the exact same uh, situation, like the, the very same temptations in the desert framework that the, the Grand Inquisitor lays into him about. Um, so. Dude, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I am something between an Ivan and an Alyosha. I think I really want to be more like Dimitri. I want to be the perfect like center of this of this triangle of the brothers. Um, but my Dimitriish nature is deficient, so I fall I fall somewhere in between the more intellectual and the more simple. Uh, but I also I also worry that some of that is um, the, the narrator, you know, his biases coming through. I'm really interested in the narrator of this story as well. But we can come back to that once we're further in. Um, let's go to Nier Automata. The ending this time is uh, to be or not to be. Is that right? Not to be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, like, yes. useless code or, or like something like that. Is, it's like a C ending as well. Oh, that's those are like the two other endings um, that you can get. So there's five total endings. Um, but yeah, so C and D are you know to be determined or you know to be obtained, and then obviously E is also to be obtained. Um, okay. But you you have to I th you have to do C and D before you can do E. Obviously, you have to go uh, alphabetical order. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, so th that's more of like a teaser it's kind of like at the end of every dragon ball episode they would say like what the title was for next week's um which would give away exactly what happens next week because those titles yeah. were awful but um <laughs> yeah so it's something to look forward to voiceover that we've gotten so much of throughout this second game um but still hasn't answered for me too much uh like who we play as or what our perspective is in the next version of the game so i'm very curious about that still um, but did we get any yeah any weird endings this time i forget uh we did not we have been trying to like speed run through this game so we did not get any weird endings this time. Um, and I, you know, regret to uh, say that I did not come prepared to class with an ending this week. Ah. Well, I guess we got the B ending, so that counts. I right. You know, it's yeah. not to be a joke ending every time. It can be a real ending, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the same thing happened, I have to say, too. <laughs> that happened when, when we were playing the, the boss fight with Eve where you die 
uh, and then the game freezes. I die, and you can't restart. Yeah, you know, I I die like at the very end of the boss, and then yeah, the game freezes, and I'd have to redo the whole thing again. So, yeah, that was that was pretty brutal. Um, Very very deflating, but uh, you know, luckily we were able to get through Eve pretty quickly on my on the other file, so. We got to see the end of the that. And something weird was happening uh, with your health bar. Like right before that happened, your health bar got super long, but it didn't seem to like help at all. Like every time you got hit, it still took off you know, the same proportion that it seemed like it would have before. Yeah. Um, so it took like two or three hits. I think that happened in the the first ending as well. Um, like when when two B is fighting Eve and you're playing as her. Um, as the the battle goes on, like you become damaged, and your your right. HUD glitches out. Um, so I, I think when the when your health bar extends like that, it's meant to be a glitch. Uh, like you're not actually getting um, more health. It's you are no longer able to to see your health bar the way that you usually would. Um, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's off the edge of the screen. <laughs> Yeah, I think it also happens if you self-destruct, because that gets you right. Does it happen if you self-destruct? You know, I don't know why I said that. I think it does, but um, but yeah, it's like when you're like severely injured, and there's like the 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 reason why I died, and I'm not going to make excuses, but you walk so slowly, and 9s is so weak. And like I, I, there was no way for me to avoid those giant little like death electric balls just being like they were all in my face. There was nothing yep. I could do. Two uh, yep. yep. B was useless. It's brutal. How did you do that the first time? Then, how many times what did you, you die like, fighting that guy? Uh, never. This, th- those were the first two times that you saw. Oh my but, gosh. That's because I've I've adopted a much more aggressive style of play in this playthrough, and I got cocky. Um, okay. So so I mean I all attribute it to that. Um, in my first, yeah, uh, in my first playthrough, like it took me like an hour to beat, or like over an hour and a half to beat that like ending sequence with the uh, oh, uh, for like the two B playthrough. But anyway, so that that makes sense. Yeah, just kind of rushing things. Uh, the hacking sequences there are some of the more unique ones as well. Um, it's kind of like when you hack, you are still fighting Eve. Like he's in there too, in a in a mini form. Uh, and then you have all the normal sort of uh, block puzzles and things going on. Um, but the the scene that you get there is of them at their table one last time um and i think you mentioned that you found their table on top of a of a building somewhere or was that angles uh, am i mixing that in no you you can find the table and you can find adam's glasses um <laughs> now now that they're they've been dispatched um and they're dead uh when we start our next playthrough um, if you go to the building, it's where you fight um, angles. Uh, the one time in that building, yes. But you have to. If, if you go up there now, it's like blocked by storage containers. Uh, or before, you know, we start playing the next playthrough. But now that they're dead, it's like opened up, and there's like the long tables there, and it's overlooking 
um, all of the city ruins. So cool. Yeah. So I, I kind of wanted to ask about, we've been kind of putting off talking about the Adam and Eve thing, but they like draw attention to it, right? They say, he says something like, you know, I found this old book and it seems like Eve is a female name, you know? Um, shouldn't we be called uh, Cain and Abel? And, and, uh, and he also asks about the apple, like why are we eating the plant matter? Um, uh, but then the final scene with them is just sort of a uh, like a farewell almost, right? Like they're going to go off together. They're going to be together and, um, and play and be done with this uh, kind of struggle. Um, so I just kind of an open-ended question about Adam and Eve, the scenes that we get of them at their table and uh, the way that they kind of bow out of the story here. What are your takes on that? Uh, well, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I find it really interesting how different their personalities are. I mean, it seems like, mm -hmm. you know, Adam obviously has that like complete per the, the obsession with emulating humans and trying to figure them out while, uh, Eve, obviously he's just always wants to play. Right. So he's kind of like the child, um, but he's more of like a child, I guess, to, um, Adam than a brother uh just just in the way it's like you know eat your apple and then we'll play read your book and then we'll play um <laughs> which is very odd considering they obviously you know they came eve came from adam and it was like what two minutes after adam was created like eve so i i, I don't know why their personalities are as different as they are um yeah yeah, yeah. Adam's Adam's definitely in the position of sort of like the tutor or the teacher, um, and Eve seems to look up to him uh, as the the authority figure. Um, but uh, he also, uh, it seems like Adam doesn't really explain his whole project to Eve. Right? Eve is just kind of following along. Um, and it seems like it comes as a big shock to him. Adam dies. Uh, it seems like he wasn't expecting you know, that that was even possible. Um, well, it really, really freaked it, out. Yeah, well, it shouldn't have been possible, right? I mean, the only way, the only reason it was was because Adam like wanted to have that experience, that human experience of, uh, I guess, the possibility of death. Um, exactly. So, you know, he, he kind of went on a suicide mission and then Eve obviously is blaming um, to be for the death when really it was primarily, I mean, it was entirely um, Adam's fault because there was, no, there was no need for him to even like take himself offline. Um, right. But you're right. right. It's interesting because like, yeah, it's like, are Adam and Eve actually dead? Yeah, yeah. the The way that you defeat Eve is only through hacking, right? Um, hacking the network, uh, trying to basically disconnect him momentarily. It seems like, right. uh, uh, and the cost, right, is that um, Ninus sort of takes his place, 
almost like gets gets caught in the network. Right. Um, so, but so, but I mean, yeah, but yeah, with nine S, and I don't exactly know the in-game explanation, but he was able to like um, preserve his memories and stuff like that um, through yeah. the network. Somehow he got into it, so I'm not sure that. I'm not sure if Adam and Eve aren't the same way um, where I guess maybe like fragments of them are, are, are in the network. Um, yeah. 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 I, I don't know if they ever appear again in the storyline. Um, so I guess we'll see, but their glasses show up. Does the apple show up somewhere? Eve's apple. Uh, you can get the forbidden fruit. If you beat one of the col the DLC Colosseums, um, and interestingly, I think what it does is it lowers you by ten levels. So I guess if you want to like mm -hmm. challenge yourself, you can eat those and go back and like try to play different missions in the game. Uh, That's cool. I think I think there's something similar in Shadow of the Colossus. In that game, there's a like a garden that's very difficult to reach, um, and if you do somehow climb up there, uh, there's there's a fruit on a tree in there that will uh, like permanently lower your strength or health or something like that. I for, I forget. I never actually did it. I just heard about it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of well, interesting. I, yeah, well, I, I think it adds to the game's replayability. Um, or yeah. Because once you get to level 99, like, nothing's a challenge anymore. How could you even, like, challenge yourself? Um, and then, because, like, I know there's other games where you can just, like, equip items that keep you from leveling up. Um, mm -hmm. Just for those people who are obsessed and want to, like, challenge, push the game to, to as far as they can. Yeah. Yeah. It, like I was talking about with Chrono Trigger, uh, there's a wallet that will change all experience into uh, money instead. So yeah, to oh. like, prevent um, getting too many levels. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So that's a kind of a classic item. Uh, yeah, and the um, the way that the game seems to preserve challenge through these playthroughs um, is also partly by like, well, at least so far, it it's giving you a, a less potent character right? like in the first place like you said 9s is slower weaker um than to be uh so i don't know if you know playing as whoever we play as next we'll, we'll continue that pattern or not but uh, i guess i guess we'll find out next week maybe. maybe uh yeah yeah and the ending of this one is in many ways similar, but as you mentioned, there is a very notable difference in in the uh, appearance of these two hologram children. I'm not sure what they are. Uh, they kind of are on either side of the screen there at the end. Yeah. Uh, and you said you started to go down a rabbit hole with these, but can you tell us, I don't know, just like your initial thoughts about it? Uh, before getting into too much of the the crazy extra material, uh, <laughs> I will say that the thing that we saw on the hangar 
Mm -hmm. Um, That was one of them. Um, And when we were in, after we fought Adam and Eve, I didn't notice this in our latest playthrough, but Mm -hmm. you also see it there. Um, So they are kind of behind the scenes um, Mm -hmm. and and, and involved in the story. I don't want to give too much away. But um, okay. I mean, I think it's significant, and it's kind of like their presence has been there, even if we're if we're not seeing them. Yeah, no, it's it's creepy. Um, I didn't notice the one in the hangar the first time watching, but then we went back and you pointed it out. Um, I feel like you can't yeah. miss them in the in the ending sequence. Um, you know what? I, but I still didn't see the one. I didn't see the what? companions that shoot. When I saw those little images, I didn't see their little robot buddies. Yeah, no, no. It seems like they're just uh, people. Like they, I don't know if they have a little. Right, well, uh, we we learned that people no longer exist. So, right, maybe right. androids. No, no, that's fair. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> I feel like kind of yeah, the more that the holograms appear suddenly, we also get this. The secret information, right? Yeah, yeah. That humans are dead. <laughs> uh, right. They're not on the moon. For they've been dead for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Since before the aliens showed up, actually. Um, and is the, that what it said? So, I think so. I think, and I'm wondering if the holograms are related to that, though. If they are some kind of. Um, you know, soul or memory, as they, they talk about, like, separating the soul and the body. Um, they look kind of like ghosts to me, but I, I don't know. It's in the machine. The ghost in the machine, exactly. exactly. Um, so, the two of them there are just kind of observing at this point. Um, the kinds of things that we find out about uh, the like backstory of the game. Similarly, they, they've sort of been there the whole time, just like not obvious, um, but start to come out into the open here. Um, I didn't fully follow, I don't think, like what the commander says to 9S there about like making a choice. Um, but she at any rate like doesn't, seem to prevent you from you know accessing this information um, yeah it's weird because it's like it's your choice but i don't did, did we even have one like what was the choice <laughs> just to like stay in the bunker and not do anything like i i don't think we did have a choice um i mean i think it's it's very revel- relevant kind of to almost like the fatalism of the game it's, mm-hmm. it's like is everything deterministic or like is there free will um and well, so but maybe, again I, I don't even know what the choice was it's possible like it's to to be or not either to, be. to tell yeah well to tell to be or not to tell to be <laughs> like what to do with this information um maybe i don't know uh yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to go clean. back and see exactly what, like, if I'll, I'll monkey around with it and see if there's, like, anything I can do in the hangar and, or the bunker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bunker and right. see if uh, 
you know, maybe I do have a choice there. Um, we could blow up the bunker at that point, I guess. Again, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I think you were saying too that this, this story is not necessarily like super original. I, I didn't feel like this twist was all that unexpected, personally. Um, especially having seen that the aliens are long dead, uh, and just the general fishiness of command and the fact that humans never make an appearance anywhere. Um, all that kind of indicated like this, this was a real possibility. So, but you, you compared it to Mega Man, actually. Could you, well, yeah. <laughs> could you say more? Well, I, not, not the whole like human part of it. Although I don't know if humans okay. do, it's more Mega Man X. Um, but yeah, I mean, in that there's like, you know, different f factions of, robots and and machines and replicants and those kinds of things and they're fighting and you can absorb their powers and there's even one of them is has very strong like religious i was i'd say undertones but like they're pretty overt um yeah. and and so you know these like god like mythical machines who are ascending and, and you have to fight them because they're doing something wrong with the world um and you need to stop them so um yeah, so I, I, I mean, I was kind of saying that uh, jokingly that it's like the same story as Mega Man, but I, it, it kind of is. Yeah, and I think, well, even the part, even the small part in which you, uh, you can get the powers of the machines, right? I think that's also yeah. like a little, maybe a little echo or nod towards Mega Man. Um, that. Well, running. like in, in, in Mega Man X8, you can uh, actually control like replicants or different like robots and like you take over their body and, and you can use like their special abilities. So, I mean, with that, it, it's very similar to um, the whole hacking and remote yeah. controlling um, in this game or when you're playing as 9S. Yeah, and that that is finally like introduced as a tutorial there in the factory. The, the cultists uh, meltdown right. in the factory, right? You, you finally are like told how to do that in, in case you hadn't figured it out before. Um, and that sequence of gameplay is also really distinct, of course, in in Nine S's game versus Two B's, um, where you're helping her out there. Um, were there other? Are there moments in the 9S game that really leap out at you as like significant changes to the story that we get this oh, time around? Changes to the story. Now, I was going to say when I when the wise robot uh, jumped to its death. Yeah. Um, that was something that kind of stuck out to me. But in terms of like story wise, ish. Okay. Uh, oh, I mean, I guess there's the whole after you fight the giant sea ancient monster um you're hacking um obviously and then like you start talking to adam oh right yeah yeah and yeah. He, and and he's basically telling you that you're filled with rage and hate um and just to like let it you know release his power and then of course there's the famous like you're thinking about how much you want to blank 
um, to be right now. Yeah. And it's a four letter word that's just asterisks. So, uh, and I think it's a. Go on. No, I, no, no, I was just going to say, I found that so strange, that decision to put that in. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, for, for a game where one of the replicants' names, or replicants, sorry, androids' names is like jackass, and it's already kind of, you, you have these androids running around in that basically their underwear. Um, yeah. For them to censor the word, I, I think it's been, if it's not like a proven theory, um, you know, it's it's intended to be open, uh, open to interpretation. So, obviously, some people were th think it's you know, f the f word. Some people yeah. say save. Some people were what? saying kill. Um, what? Yeah, I would not. Which kind of sounds like yeah. Kind of sounds like that game. What was it like? Mary kill. Bang! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, almost yeah so what? Yeah. What did you? What did you think that that was like? What? What did your mind fill the gap in? Um, oh, I thought it was the F word. I, I that was my only thought, and I just didn't understand why they chose not to actually just write it in. Um, but that's really interesting. Yeah, if it's I, some kind of psychological game that they're playing with the player to like see what they fill that word in with. I hadn't thought about that at all. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I thought it was the F word just, but, but because like, that's the only word that would be censored of like the other ones I thought it could be right. Like, but yeah. I, I, could, I didn't know that it was like an intentional um, ambiguous kind of amorphous word that you kind of fill in the blanks is almost kind of like a, some kind of psychological test. Right. Um, <laughs> to determine your personality or like, you know, how you're, how you're taking in the story. Um, yeah. Well, plus, I yeah, think, that, yeah, that, yeah, not, not to get too prurient about it, but you know, as the F word is probably the least euphemistic way we have of communicating the sexual act, there is a certain sort of transgressiveness and violence sort of inherent in choosing that word as opposed to a bunch of others. Yeah. So, you know, as much as, like, I remember that part when I was playing through it quite a while ago now at this point, since I am very far behind. Um, and I remember, you know, thinking that the, you know, we, we say perhaps the sexual act, perhaps killing, perhaps saving, to some degree, I suspect they're not necessarily incompatible. Um, right. Right. Like, there is... Like, obviously, 9S's relationship to 2B is, is a strained one. Um, like, he wants a, a degree of intimacy that she's not allowing him to have, you know, even in not calling him by the name that he would choose. Um, and there's a sort of seething quality to that. And I, I suspect the player is, to some degree, complicit in that. You know, Yoko Taro specifically said that he designed the character to be nice to look at. Um, the player is meant to sexualize her. So it makes sense that 9S would as well. Um, and we've seen, you know, the, the androids have engaged in, like, dating, and, you know, you, one of 2B's operators is frequently talking about how, you know, there are all these complex shift relationships on the bunker. Um, it stands to reason that 9S would be in this position, feel this 
discomfort want more um, and to still be confused about what that would actually translate to be. Um, for Adam to call him out on that, you know, it, it makes sense that it would resonate with sexuality and also with violence, I think. Yeah, well, and well, the, the religious I, side of it's there too, I think. Like the save, well, the save option, I think, is very interesting. Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, and I don't know for a fact that they're similar to Adam, who had no genitalia. But like, do do? I mean, I I don't think nine S or two B has genitalia. So you know, you want to there's there's yeah, no f her like right yeah. What, what how does that work? How, how would that happen? Well, that the exactly like you said, the person that was talking to like Tubi, it was like kind of almost like high school clickish the way that she was yeah. communicating with Tubi. So it seems like they're all kind of just like still learning or just curious. So yeah. it's like mm -hmm. it's just a phase on their mind. Like yeah, they're trying to learn, but I don't know if they can go past that point, you know, of knowing because they keep that is the same one. That's the apple, right? Like that's the Adam and Eve apple as well. Oh, um, the way that they are talking about <laughs> like eating the plant matter gave humans great intelligence. Um, that's part of the story, sort of. That's like a way to read the story, I guess. But it's also like, uh, yeah, carnal knowledge, right? Like um, the kind of sexual desire that is overlapping with these other a kind of complex emotions and uh, urges and stuff, right? Um, come comes about. Yeah. After that, so and uh, I know Ben. I, I forget exactly uh, what Jackass says when you finish that one trial, like in the desert, her side quest, oh. and she's you know doing her research. Yeah. But it's like you know androids the the androids. Pleasure from killing. Yeah. 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 So you know, I, it's not absurd to think that they would have those urges it's just kind of like how would they even really act on them but i guess if they're fighting yeah maybe maybe it is some kind of combination if he wants to fight in you know case it really to be the, the conflation all that more, much more obvious like in order to properly consummate with 2b 9s would have to kill her um, that's the only way that he can experience that sexual pleasure because he's wired to feel it that way um, as Jackass explains. So, yeah, I think that's a really kind of powerful and uncomfortable connection, but it's it's there. It's in the text. Well, this comes back to the ending as well, right? This very long, drawn-out, choking mm -hmm. scene. Uh, we have to sit through yet again um, at the end of 9S's game. Mm -hmm. And and that it's too is sexual, like incredibly yeah. sexual. Yeah. Very intimate. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is her, you know, saving him. And it uh is well not exactly uh well anyway, anyway. I'm still not sure why he like crystallizes the way that he does. Right, the diamondizing. Yeah, like I, I still, I don't think, I don't think they ever explain with how, like, why that happens. Okay, I get like, you know, you you've been hacked, um, and there's something. I mean, I guess it could change your. I don't even know what the hell kind of, but what the androids are really made out of. I mean, I guess there's there's probably some. You know what? Maybe <laughs> he was turning. Remember? 
Yeah, maybe it's it, maybe he was kind of turning into one of those like lifeless, um, doll, like when you die, or like the the androids that you saw, kind of like when you approached yeah. either the desert place or when you were going to fight Adam and Eve in the caves. Um, maybe that's what he was turning into. Hmm. I don't know. I was gonna ask do do those um, bodies still appear in Nine S's game? I didn't notice them as much. If they did, maybe you just didn't stop to pick them up. But uh, yeah, no, they're still there. Okay. Yeah. Um, he can't like jump into other androids though. He d can he hack any other androids at any point in the game? Um. Well, you could hack a two. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm not sure about the other androids. Uh, I think so. Um, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. We will be fighting some more Androids, so I will test that out, you know, in our next playthrough. Okay. Um, or when we continue our playthrough. Right on. I wonder if, I wonder if he ever hacks, uh, 2B. 9S ever hacks 2B. Yeah. Whoa. Maybe that's the four-letter word you want to <laughs> Uh, I mean, I feel like that's also one of the aspects of the game um, that I just, I feel like I just don't understand well from a cultural standpoint. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but like the way that sexuality is portrayed in the Japanese, you know, framework uh, is, is different, I guess. Like, <laughs> the US and I, I don't know enough about that I guess too uh, just to judging based that. on off of anime it has to be different yeah different things that are uh, acceptable and not I acceptable. mean we're talking about a country where like they mandate that you that the sound of the camera going off on your cell phone like has to make noise because too many guys were taking like upskirt photos with their with their cell phones so it's like li literally mandated that like you can't make your camera silent. Well, that's so that people that's know if sad. if you're taking a picture. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy when you have to have a rule like that. Well, and that I don't know that people would put up with a rule like that. Also, like it's a very different culture. Well, I mean, how 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 are you going to be like? How could you even like fight that rule, though? Right? It'd be like, uh, no, I'm allowed to take. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to be the person who goes before the court and says, "I I really want to be able to take pictures unnoticed." This is infringing on my liberty to invade someone else's privacy. But at the same time, I think that's you know also one of the key differences between Japanese and American culture, you know, as much as an American would fight it on the grounds of, you know, you're infringing upon my rights, the, the Japanese in general don't have nearly that strong an individualistic streak. Like that is a very American attitude. Um, so as much as, you know, the their attitude towards sexuality is very different from ours, I suspect it has as much to do with just how different the culture is across the board. Um, mm -hmm. like our, our interest in individuality has led to, you know, over the centuries, 
uh, a pretty lenient, if confused, attitude towards sex. For the Japanese, as I've understood it, you know, and I'm hardly an expert, this is just, you know, you played enough Japanese games long enough and you kind of yeah. pick up on the details. And we all know you're a weeb. You can yeah. admit it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, the, the game that I keep thinking of is, um, like, well, Catherine comes to mind, which I know, Steve, you mentioned that you were playing that, but I was playing uh, one of the uh, Suda51 games, Killer is Dead, um, and that game literally has a mini-game where you pick up women at a bar, um, and the way that you have to pick up the women is you, like, talk to them and distract them, and then when they've turned away from you, you have to look. Like, the, the game requires you mechanically to look at their breasts or at their their, their crotch in order to sort of like boost your interest um, and then of course make eye contact before they catch you staring at them um, um, and to me that's dangerous oh, it was very uncomfortable to play and I'm sure <laughs> that was part of the intention like I, I literally like I was playing it after I was married I'm like okay Sarah so I'm playing this game where this is happening and I want you to know because I don't want you walking in when this is happening without an explanation <laughs> Um, I don't want to have to explain this later. Right, yeah. But I really think, on the one hand, I think that Suda51 is doing some deliberate parody there. Like, he is sort of, you know, very much lampooning the American idea of singles bars and, you know, picking up women and the, the, the hypocrisy of at the same time respecting their boundaries while ultimately at the end of the day tacitly admitting that we're only in this for sexual gratification mm -hmm. um it's purely physical but we're going to pretend like it's not physical because that's the only socially acceptable way to do that um and i think that's something that the japanese are very concerned with that's not a problem they've managed to solve if we can say that we've managed to solve it. Um, so there is a forbiddenness to sexuality that doesn't exist in America that does there, as far as I can tell. And that forbiddenness is, it means that sexuality is almost always linked with transgression um, in, in the Japanese attitude. There is no, there is no perfectly socially acceptable way. Like every novel I've read, you know, I've read Kalabata, I've read um, uh, Mishima, um, even in the tale of Genji, like going way far back, that's very much a part of the Japanese attitude towards sex. It's permissive in its transgressiveness because the transgressiveness is indistinguishable. Um, like we, they just don't have this concept of, you know, a happily married couple in anything that I've, I've encountered, which, you know, that could be bias. Like, you know, you read enough American literature and yeah, you'll come to the same conclusion that we don't have happily married couples either. Um, but it's... Dragon Ball Z count? Yeah. <laughs> um, fairy tale, right? Yeah. But like... 
I don't know. It, it's hard to wrap my brain around, and I definitely, again, do not have the, the cultural awareness to be able to sort of talk about it, especially because since it's transgressive, nobody is talking about it. Um, but that's always the sense that I've gotten, that, you know, there's, there's a sort of permissiveness to the transgressiveness that, you know, it's okay for them to associate sexuality with, with murder, with, um, with, you know, pedophilia, because all of it is transgressive, because all of it is wrong, and therefore, you know, none of it is wrong. It's weird, but... Oh, I can kind of see what you mean by that, because, yeah, I like... Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of very different ideas behind a lot of, um, like a lot of different, I don't know how to say it, fetishes, I yes. guess, in a way. Um, and and they're very, very different, all and, sorts. And they're kind of more open about it. Like, in American sexuality, everything is compared to the heterosexual married couple. Like, that is the standard. Um, and as much as we have become tolerant of sort of deviations from that standard, it's always in the context of how does it relate to that standard. You know, we, we see homosexuality as a deviation because it's not heterosexual married sex. We see polyamory as a deviation because it's not heterosexual married sex. We see even premarital sexuality as much as we've come to kind of tolerate that, again, deviation. But in Japanese culture, from what I can understand, that's not the norm. Like, maybe that's on the surface, you know, what it is, but I've, like, in Kawabata, the, there it's all these stories of old men dissatisfied with their wives who are cheating on them behind their back, or, you know, fantasizing about when they were younger. Um, in the same... Like Master Roshi. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, there's, you know, in Genji, in Kalabata, in Mishima, all over and over again, you see these older men fantasizing about their youth and about being young and about having sex with young women. And that's connected to the beauty of nature and the beauty of, you know, life in a sense like like the fertility-ness kind of yeah mm -hmm. um there, there's an admiration about that almost a cult of youth that's even stronger than ours um but sort of quieter than ours um i don't know like i said it, it's a complicated thing I, I suspect i kind of you know danced around a bit in my danganronpa essay but it is fascinating to yeah. contemplate um, and I think serves to explain why we see so much of, so much sexuality in Japanese culture that we would classify as deviant, um, because to us it is deviant. It is far away from you know whatever the center, the bright center of sexuality is supposed to be, whereas to them it's all darkness, like across the board. I I just yeah I think. The way that that is wrapped up in the game's themes is really interesting, and its presentation. You know, it, it's it is kind of like the way that Danganronpa sort of puts that in your face, or the, the other games you're talking about. Um, but uh, with Nier Automata, well, okay, hold on. Yeah. Oh, go on. Sorry. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say it after you. 
Okay, I was just going to say, you know, uh, talking about going back to, like, the upskirt photos, if you try to, like, look up uh, 2B's skirt, she kind of, like, shoes you away. Um, because I guess the designer, I don't know, Yoko Taro or someone else, like, knew that people were going to be trying to do that. Um, but it's like, why would you, if you didn't want people doing that, why would you dress her up that way? Um but I guess that's just kind of you know again it kind of goes back to the assumption that the that the player um, I mean I don't know is it perverted to try to look up an android skirt I don't know I also wonder and you know I obviously don't know one way or the other but I I remember you telling me that like in, in one of our earlier conversations um, and then for one reason or another I was uh, climbing up that ridiculously long ladder in that building that you you have to like climb up and down at the very beginning of the game when you first get to the city and just the that's where adam is yes. that's where the table is yes um, the camera angle forces you to basically either look down on her as she's climbing up which is sort of unnatural because you're not able to see where you're going or positions it right behind her where you can see very much up her skirt. And I was, you know, again, uncomfortably sitting there for a good, like, two minutes climbing this ladder that goes on forever, staring up, you know, to be skirt. And she did not once wave the camera away. Like, hmm. the robot never never got too close. The She never shooted away. And I have to wonder if that was an addition for whatever version you're playing on or, or whatever, you know, localization you're dealing with. Like, I, I seem to remember it happening in my game at one point, like the first time that I played through, I, I think that it happened, but I haven't seen it happen this, this time around. And I have yeah. to sit here wondering if that's something that they put in for American audiences because we are so... F like nervy sex. Uh, I I will say that when I got her to shoo, you know, me away, it was it was not on a ladder. So it's like you're just standing there and you and you look underneath. So I don't know. Maybe because she's like climbing and she can't move her hand, the animation might have been too difficult. Um. So I, but yeah, I mean, I I. That's not when it, where it happened for me it was on, so. Maybe they were just to both to appease your curiosities. Like they wanted you to look, obviously. That's why they dressed her up like that. But then after you looked, they're like, no. And then to like, like appease, like I mean, you know, when you had to look away or you had to look at the, the chest when she was looking away. Right. Like yeah. obviously she can't help it there, so she can't really be modest at that point. There's no. But when she had the chance to be modest, then she. Um. But yeah, it's just to uh, maybe appease. So you did get a chance to look up it and like your curiosity but right. not not when she was yeah not when she was watching but not when she was looking at you yep right the the self-awareness i feel like is really prominent in this game um and the way that it connects that with mythological stories or you know biblical stories uh is is really kind of in your face in this game um so i, I think that near automata is doing something interesting with within this you know larger uh, frame of uh, Japanese culture and video game you know presentation of it and, and all that stuff um, 
yeah yeah i think that's a huge kind of question that i i think this game is pointing us towards is um you know in a in a future where there's no uh i don't know normal human society left right uh that we're you know we seem to be heading towards um what is like natural right like if we if we sort of could theoretically describe a a world where um you know nature is allowed to start to come back because the humans are dead and um you know once this terrible war is over between the androids and the machines whatever like then what what is the the natural course of events at that point um is it still somehow fallen right and transgressive um is it well, yeah i don't know what what is it what would that look like the one thing I will so. say to that point, um, like I know that we haven't talked about it, but it's something that really struck me the first time I played. Um, the end credits this second time around, uh, same song, different language. Did anyone pick up on that? Mm -hmm. um, it's Japanese this time, is yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it was in yeah. English for the first uh, credit sequence. It, it was in Japanese the second one. Um, ah. And, you know, as a consequence, I, I found, like, we, we've talked before about how a lot of the, the soundtrack has this sort of gibberish language that sounds like words but isn't. Um, and now we have, you know, the words we are presented with seem to be fluid. Um, we're passing from language to language, culture to culture, with no boundary. Um, and on the one hand, I have to kind of wonder, like, is to be the American story where, you know, 9S is the more Japanese story? Or you know, mm -hmm. is there a particular reason why one is one is the one thing, one is the other thing? Um, but the other thing that definitely seems to be emphasized here is that, you know, it is being presented across cultures. You know, I would I would presume that the Japanese audience heard the American titles either the first time around or the second, just like we heard the American titles the first time around. Um, so, you know, I, I suspect that while you know you're, you're mentioning sort of going back to like a, a pre-cultural state, a, a truly natural um, yeah. attitude. On the one hand, I, I wonder if it's the other way, a post-cultural state. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, which ultimately is the same thing at the end of the day. Like, but that's, it's aware of these cultures, these histories, just as you've got, you know, Adam and Eve d debating about human society and sort of trying to recreate the ruins. You know, here we are in, in a world that has lost all humanity, and yet these languages persist. Um, they have meaning to us, but they they don't in sort of the context of the game. Like these would all be dead languages to the androids. Um, mm. so. They do that in anime though too. Like they they'll take us the end song um, will once be in English and then be in the original. Yeah, Cowboy and Bebop like, does that a couple of times. Ah. Yeah, they do that a lot, <laughs> a lot. Like I've noticed, and I kind of like it because then I kind of get to learn some of the. The words um right. it's not translated perfectly because like there's some right. words that they don't have like in 
English that um, they do like there's a bunch of different words. And, yeah, it doesn't translate perfectly. Yeah, it never um, does. Obviously, it doesn't rhyme, but yeah, they do a pretty good job. But I kind of learn a little bit that way, so maybe maybe it's something like that. But I like how they do that. It's one of my mm-hmm. little touch I like. It's those little touches that count really. <laughs> I'm thinking now of the Invincible Rainbow Arrow song in Isomnium as well. <laughs> Uh, which is beautiful. Um, <laughs> oh man! Uh, so yeah. <laughs> any other any other stuff from the nine S playthrough that we would be remiss not to bring up here? Uh, did we discuss the fact that they we have the cutscenes with the pods now? Last week, oh, I forget. Right. We talked about the coloring uh, books, but I don't think we talked about the pods talking to each other there. Yeah, um, and it seems uh, I, uh, that they're communi- well, obviously they're communicating with each other, but that they can like transfer data between each other. Um, I, I guess in some kind of, it's similar to the robot network, which I didn't really think that the androids had. Um, yeah. But that was it, I thought I thought thought it was kind of interesting how they were showing the pods um, communicating like super robotically um, for yeah. lack of a better better word right. uh, and that they're like transferring data between the two um, so that really I guess what it was like to make them more efficient like fighting and stuff like that or I guess just like the more information the better between the two yeah I think so. So. There's something unsettling about that all the same. Like the pod is is so much just a mechanic in the first playthrough. Like when, when it's 2B, your pod just shoots. That's that's all it does. It shoots and it yeah. shows you when the operator is talking. But now that now that the pods are, are apparently talking to each other, like we know where this ends. We we saw the machines do this. You, know, <laughs> you network enough of them and, and they get into trouble. Um, so here we kind of have this, this definite insinuation that, you know, the, the pods are getting together. <laughs> um, the pods are organizing, you know, that they're, they're forming a union. What should we do? Like, um, <laughs> and I, you know, it, it's, it's under the auspices of efficiency, being helpful, being productive, but, you know, the, the question of, we seem to be brushing up pretty close against the question of sentience um, as more and more data is being shared, as more communication is happening. Um, so, yes, we, we we need to be careful around our pods now. <laughs> we don't want them to get too smart because we, we know where that ends. Yeah. Absolute power. Well, that and the forbidden fruit, you know? <laughs> yeah. I just love how the pods let you like sort of glide around, though. Like they could never be evil if they do that, right? They're so cool. Hoving and and going fishing with them. Come on, that's it. Maybe we should just let the pods run the world. Then you know, the androids are blowing up the machines. Machines are blowing up the androids. All of them are screwed up. Let's just give it all up and let the pods run the show. 
Well, they're uh, going to be the only ones left after the dust settles. It, it doesn't seem that back. way. <laughs> Them and the Wait, birds. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully the fish, for their sake. <laughs> and the machine yes. fish. Don't forget. The both <laughs> oh, yeah. That's crazy. I wonder, the machine fish, who um, who made those? <laughs> or, well, they evolved, uh, The story one knows. Yeah, they seem naturally. to have just emerged. Yeah. Emerged out of the, the desire of robots to become more than they were. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, little extra scrap metal eventually invested with the spark of life. We don't know where our fish came from. Why should we know where their fish came from? Maybe they're actually like the... the um, like, you know, the sperm and the egg. Right, Maybe that's be. how the robots are uh, born. Yeah. Uh, Little fish. Well, I, we might have to I change one. our rating on this on this discussion now. Like, you might have to put a content warning or something. Oh. This is not <laughs> I, Yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> that. use technical yeah. terms. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just go back and um, star out everything that we were saying there for It'll be like a whatever. solid 10 minutes just bleeping. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, that one's definitely on me. Anyway, uh, I I think that we did a pretty good job with um, difficult material here, uh, and thanks again, as as always, um, and especially to Steve for kind of carrying us here. Oh, uh, my pleasure. Yeah. I love any excuse to go down rabbit holes to uh, to prepare <laughs> for class. Um, well, so yeah, I mean, we'll I, I, find out. I'm excited. I'm excited to 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 complete the game because I think it's going to um, invite a, a good discussion. Um, yeah. You know, for class when we finally get there. Cool. Yeah. So we'll, we'll find out more about those those holograms. Um, uh, how much would we play for next time? What do you think is a couple hours? Memory serves. There's a pretty logical endpoint. Um, okay. I, I want to say that you know that there's some real drama coming up, some real major storytelling and plot details and stuff. But uh, once once you get your first breather, it, it should be pretty obvious that, that it's time to take a break. Spoiler alert! Uh, I think. Probably will be play up until um, we get the third character. That's probably the the best place to stop. Yep. Yay. The third brother will finally appear. The brother's automata. <laughs> or sister. Hopefully. Yeah. Like, hopefully she doesn't commit, you know, suicide like uh, the wise robot, the three wise robots the did. Three wise. <laughs> Yes. I like how they were well, the wise ones. Oh, that's yeah. horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. What cool. is that trying to say? All right. Um, sorry I was late, you guys. I had to do some updates on my computer, and then I just downloaded it on my phone, so I apologize about that. No problem. So no, it's, it's all good. Um, yeah, thanks again, everybody. Have a great rest of the week and weekend. Right. See you back on the stream next time. <laughs> okay. I'll Sounds good. Thanks, guys. A, a better level. <laughs> Very good. No bye, bye, guys. <laughs> Farewell. Mm -hmm.